Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. The thing is, Black Sabbath vocalist at the time, Ronnie James Dio, said no. What a piece of work. Yeah, I get it. In fact, the quote was, I'm not doing that. I'm not supporting a clown. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. You've never seen ACDC live, have you? No, I have not. No, neither have I. In fact, I'd like to see them live. You think you might want to take a road trip out to Atlanta in September? Don't you think they're going to add a date? I don't know. They have some time, so maybe they will. The problem is, and this is going to be the topic of the show today, you've got a Guns N' Roses tour going on. Yeah. And then you've got the Rock or Bus tour going on, and the same guy is singing lead on both of those tours, Axl Rose. Well, wait a second. Yeah. You didn't know that? I didn't. I didn't realize that both tours were going to be going on at the same time. Is that true? They're kind of not bumping into one another. One is sort of pushing away and the other one's coming up and down. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Is his voice going to hold out? Oh, sure. Really? Oh, sure. He's a pro. Uh, Unless he goes back to his old 1990s ways and and just cuts the the shows off halfway. But he's already done a lot of shows for ACDC and even with a broken foot. I mean, he sat there in his Game of Thrones chair, and he's looked pretty good and sounded pretty good. You can, really? Right. You can go on YouTube and listen to some you know, cell phone videos of him singing. I guess getting old has changed Axel a little bit, huh? Or he's running into trouble because the big giant checks aren't coming in from Geffen anymore. Mm. He, he actually released the Chinese Democracy album. So when I was thinking of this, you know, the concept of Axl Rose coming in because Brian Johnson, the lead singer of ACDC, is having ear problems. Right. It's not his throat, it's his ears. Ooh, nasty. And doctors are telling him, if, look, look, if you go into arenas, you're going to go deaf. And oh, I mean man. stone cold deaf. You can, you can go ahead and record, but... Johnson, the question is, was he kicked out of the band? Is he still in the band? If you read the press releases, they're not quite perfectly, you know, we still want him in the band. They're sort of, we thank him for being in the band. Johnson's not sure where things are setting. He's got a a doctor that's putting in an earpiece and is of the opinion he will be able to take over lead singer duties. That's neither here nor there. Okay. The purpose of the show today is the concept of Axl Rose has left one band, yeah. gone into another band, right. is taking over some duties, and then is going to go back to his old band. So my question is, has this ever happened before? A band runs into trouble, somebody from another band says, I'll handle it, comes into this band, plays, yeah. and then goes back. Now, I don't mean a super group where people get together and sort of form a, a, yet a whole secondary other piece. Mm-hmm. I mean the concept of a person 
doesn't leave a band. They just sort of go and handle it for a while and then come back I to their have, original band. I don't band. think I've ever heard of this happening. I was able to come up with two off the top of my head. So what I did is I posted some things to Facebook asking other people. And yeah, I found about 10 different, well, not me, but the people on Facebook helped me find about 10 different instances where this has happened. Somebody left another band, came in, fixed it. And then went back went to their back other to their band. band. Yeah, so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play something from Axl Rose out in front of ACDC. The audio quality is not very good because all we have right now are cell phone videos. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play for you something called Shoot to Thrill. It's from the Back in Black LP. It's in Vienna on the fifth month. Uh, I don't, I don't, this is European. It's uh, fifth of January, February, March, April, May 19th of this year. Again, shoot the thrill from back in black. This is Axl Rose out front. Again, not great audio, but you'll be able to hear what he sounds okay. like. And it ain't bad. Really? Yeah, we'll come back to tell you some other times this happened. Right here in Rock School. All right, coming out of Axl Rose in front of ACDC, what'd you think? I think I like it. Not bad, huh? No, I don't think it's bad at all. I may even have to drive to Atlanta to see the dude. What do you think? Leave the kids here with a gallon of water and Perfect. a loaf of bread? Fill up the bathtub just to see if they can keep themselves alive. Just in case. Just in case, sort of a Boy Scout weekend for Ooh, them while nice. we go see ACDC. Okay. Wait, going, wait, wait. What? You probably We probably shouldn't say that because human health services or whomever will be listening. At least the kid didn't fall into a gorilla enclosure. True. That, see? All right. That is the new... That didn't take long. That's the new level of bad parenting. Did your child fall into a gorilla enclosure? No. Good. See, there you have it. (laughs) Moving on to example number two. In the fall of 1992, Ozzy Osbourne announces that he's going to retire. I kind of remember that. Now, he was doing very well. The No More Tears album was out Mm -hmm. and had a hit. The problem was, and we didn't know this at the time, he, Ozzy, was given a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. Yes. Which would have made anybody freak out. Oh, yeah. And he was going to say goodbye. It was later learned that it was a mistaken diagnosis. Right. So what he did was say, let's do a couple farewell shows, November 14th and 15th, Costa Mesa, California, and asked Black Sabbath if they would have the honor of opening the shows. Perfect. And of course... Tony Iommi answers back, yeah, of course, we'll do that for you, no problem. The thing is, Black Sabbath vocalist at the time, Ronnie James Dio, said no. What a piece of work. Yeah, I get it. In fact, the quote was, I'm not doing that. I'm not supporting a clown. What a jerk. Yes. So you've got... You know, three people in Black Sabbath who want to do it. The lead vocalist says, I'm not doing it. Now you got a hole in the band. Who's going to fill it? How about Judas Priest lead singer Rob Halford? What a guy, huh? Not bad. Yeah. He comes out on stage. And again, if you want to go on YouTube, you can see it. There is uh, not only song to song, but 
The concert is up there, and again, it's in VH1, so the audio and the video are grainy. And What do we call that, babe? Vintage. There you go. Vintage audio. It's uh, like a fine wine if a fine wine sounded like crap. So Ooh. what I did was grab one of the songs, Iron Man, so you get at least a handle on what it sounds like. My apologies for the audio. It hasn't been cleaned up. I don't have the filters to do it. At least this will give you an idea what it sounds like. Ego, Rob Halford, out in front of Black Sabbath when Ronnie James Dio wouldn't sing. Like this on Rock School. This is Iron Man! Okay, coming into the first break, because the songs were just a touch long, uh, we only were able to play two of them coming into this. Here's a couple, and I have a couple, that don't really fit, but they sort of skirt around the topic. Okay, you're so, making them fit. I am. I'm going to force them in sideways, uh-huh. you know, square peg, round <laughs> hole. I'm going to make it happen. Are you familiar with the band Dead and Company? No. Okay, Grateful Dead people. It's a band consisting of members from the Grateful Dead, Bob Weir, Mickey Hart, uh, along with John Mayer, mm-hmm. as in the John Mayer. Right. Not how to, I'm not sure how to say this. Otel Burbridge, I assume is how it's done. He'll be on bass. And Jeff Cimenti on keyboards. What they're doing is touring as sort of a a part Grateful Dead and part fans of the Grateful Dead, okay? It's the concept of uh, John Mayer Mm -hmm. being in the band. And here's the story. According to Mayer, around 2011, he was listening to Pandora and happened upon sort of a Grateful Dead channel. Yeah. And he said there was this epiphany. I absolutely fell in love with the band. Later on, he was guest hosting The Late Late Show, and he invited on Grateful Dead guitar player Bob Ware to join him on stage, and they did sort of a little performance. They sort of bonded, makes sense, two guitarists. Right, right. And this idea of putting this band together happened. John Mayer hasn't left his solo career. He is going to continue putting out albums. So what he's going to do is, you know, stop go out and play with Dead and Company, and then when that's over, he'll go back to being a solo artist. Okay, does that fit, or am I shoving it in sideways? Uh, you shoved a little bit, but you it's think okay. So? Yeah. That's a good one? Yeah. yeah. Who's listening to us? You got a little piece of paper oh, right there. I do there. have a big piece of paper over here because of my eyes. WBSD in Burlington, Wisconsin. I think was our very first affiliate, so thank Aww. you so much. Get us on Facebook, search Rock School Radio Show. I post up a whole bunch of trivia every Thursday. Hopefully, you'll be the one to get the answers. Back in a minute on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break here on Rock School, talking about a person in one band coming over to another band, helping them out, and then going back to their regular band. I couldn't come up with other times that this happened. We need to come up uh, with, an, with a word that says what that would be called. You need um, to make up a word, right? 
not rebranding, but rebanding. Ooh, rebanding. How about that? Oh Did I do gosh. okay? Okay, we just talked about the great. Wait, you just bit. thought of that right there? Right off the top of my head. Wow. This is why I'm brilliant. You're smart. Now, we just, in the last break, talked about Dead and Company. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about The Grateful Dead. The you Real know? Grateful Dead? The Real Grateful okay. Dead. Now, thanks to Dan for giving me most of this. You're a big fan of John Hornsby, right? Pardon me, Bruce Hornsby, oh, right? Oh, I love him. Right, He's as perfection. In Bruce Hornsby in the range. Big hands. He has played over 100 shows with the dead from 1988 on until Jerry Garcia's death in 1995. Now, he's often joined as a special guest, playing accordion, synthesizer, things like that. Starting in the fall of 1990, he played piano at a whole bunch of gigs after the death of longtime Grateful Dead keyboardist Brent Midland. He died in July of 1990. Midland was finally replaced uh, in September, yeah, September of 1990 by Vince Welnick, who became the sole keyboardist in March 1992. Wellnick, by the way, came from uh, the tubes, as in She's a Beauty. Huh. But for that short time, Bruce Hornsby, obviously he sat in with them. Yeah, that's he did. Not, that's not replacing. No. But then he came over full time. Right. When they lost their keyboardist, he sat in, walked away from his solo career, walked away from his band, finished up with them. They found a full-time replacement, Wellnick, and... He goes back and what a sits guy. in for fun. How about these, that? These people that do these things are really, uh, I, what can I say? They've got a lot of character about them. And they're, I can, they're good people. Yeah, and I can imagine when that kind of thing happens, because we're going to talk about other times when somebody passes away, that the person has to jump in real quick. You can only imagine receiving a CD or a cassette tape or a, te- a set list where they say, okay, here are the 10 songs we're playing. Yeah, learn these. Learn these by next Thursday. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, when we play in front of 50,000 people that Thursday. Oh, oh, that's not concerning at all. And what do you think the contract looks like? I Heavy. mean, they have to sign something, right? As do you matter, know anything about that? As a matter of fact, the next one I play, I actually will tell you how much money the person made. Oh. How about that? Nice. Bruce Hornsby on Rock School. Coming out of Bruce Hornsby and the range, let me give you one we're not going to play. Rick Ocasek, the lead singer of The Cars. Yeah. If you remember, he split from The Cars and decided to take on a solo career. I do. He was already, that. yeah, he was already married to supermodel Paulina Poroskova. Wasn't that enough? And was a rock star. I'm going to do what I want to do from this point on. My life is just fine. Well, the Cars wanted to keep going as a group, so what they did was reform themselves and call themselves the New Cars, and they had Todd Rundgren out in front singing their songs. They actually put out an album called It's Alive and put out a single called Not Tonight, all the way back from 2005. Hmm. Yeah, really. Go figure. They don't have the original bassist. He passed away. But other than that, it's the the full setup of the band, and it was done with Ocasek's, um, what do you call it? Blessings. Blessings. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And And again, YouTube, if you'd like to see them, they performed on every late-night television show you could, and they did not only their stuff, the new Cars stuff, but they also sang regular Cars songs. You can get uh, Todd Rundgren singing Just What I Needed. (laughs) And when you went to go see them— Was it decent? 
Yeah. Oh, really? Todd Rundgren's wonderful. Cool. And when you went to see them in concert, they not only sang Cars songs, but they sang Todd Rundgren songs as well. So you got two for one in Good that. Good deal. Let's do seven days and 70 seconds, and then we'll get out with one I told you I'd tell you how much a person made. That's the one we're going to talk about after this. But first, these are the rock and roll dates, June 27th all the way through July 3rd, and it just keeps getting hotter in Louisiana. You have Monday, Tammy. Go. June 27th, 1960, Connie Francis becomes the first solo female act with a hot 100 number one hit, when everybody, somebody's fool tops the chart. June 28, 1984, Bruce Springsteen shoots his Dancing in the Dark video in front of 200 extras at the St. Paul Civic Center. June 29, 1957, the government of Iran officially bans rock and roll after declaring rock dancing as harmful to health. It is. Yeah, the ban would stay in place until the 1990s. June 30th, 1971, San Francisco's Fillmore West closes its doors. July 1st, 1969, John Lennon receives 17 facial stitches, and Yoko Ono gets 14 of her own after a car crash in Scotland. John always has to be better. You've got three more stitches. July 2nd, 1955, the Lawrence Welk Show premieres on ABC TV. Thank you, boys, and a one and a two. July 3rd, 1995, the members of R&B group TLC file for bankruptcy despite having all kinds of singles on the chart. The reason was they say their money was mismanaged by Pebbles Reed and her production company Pebbletone Incorporated. And that wraps up seven days in 70 seconds. Really, that's what the name of the thing was. Okay, you're familiar with a band. You may have heard of them. They're out of uh, Liverpool, the Beatles. A uh, little bitty band, Little yes. tiny band, little four-piece yeah. band. They did well in the 1960s. They did. They did. In fact, the number one song the day you were born was... I, I want to hold, hold your hand. hand. That's mm-hmm. right. For almost two weeks, just a little short of two weeks, a guy named Jimmy Nickel, who was the drummer for the Shub Dubs. The Shub Dubs. Not kidding. The drummer for the Shub Dubs sat in for the Beatles on part of their tour. Here's what happened. In 1964... The Beatles were going to take off from Europe on what they called an Australasian tour. Australia and part of Asia. Okay? Cool. Yeah. Ringo Starr collapses with tonsillitis and was hospitalized on June 3rd, 1964, the eve of the tour. Yes. Ain't got a drummer. Ain't gonna go. Okay, so who do we do? They looked around for a drummer and the name that rose to the top was this guy, Jimmy Nickel. So they contacted Jimmy Nickel and they said to him, hey, if you come along, we will pay you either 2,500 pounds per gig or a flat rate of 10 grand. It's not for certain how much old Jimmy made. That's a ton of cash. That's a ton of cash. The first song he played was he when he joined them, June 4th in the Netherlands, was Can't Buy Me Love. He then played with them all the way through June 14th in Australia when Ringo rejoined the band. But there for 10 days, he was a Beatle at the height of Beatle mania. And then he just went away. No, he went back to the Shub Dubs. Did they become famous? No. No. Now, he did. <laughs> To this day, as far as I can see, when you look him up, he's still living. He's still walking, I talking. I don't think I've ever heard that story before. Never had it. Uh-uh. says here that, you know the song, It's Getting Better from Sgt. Pepper? Yeah. 
the thought process is that every time they would talk to Nichols for those 10 days, how do you feel about being a Beatle? How do you feel about being a Beatle? He would always say, it's getting better. It's getting better. Uh, it's getting better. And there's a thought process that the song from Sgt. Pepper, It's Getting Better, is from that repeated phrase that Jimmy Nichol used to say. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. That's sort of a little footnote thing I found as I was looking through all of these. That's, but, a, gr- that's yeah. a great story. And by the way, thanks to Bill uh, on Facebook who sent me that little bit of a story. So here you go. The first song that was played by Jimmy Nichol with the Beatles when they were in Netherland before they split and hook off to uh, where was it they were going? Uh, Australasia tour. There you go. Can't buy me love here on Rock School. Can't buy me love. Love. Can't buy me love. Much for money. Money can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. Love. Buy me love. All right, let's play one more before we go into the break. Randy Rhodes was the original guitarist on the 1982 Diary of a Madman tour. When Rhodes died, somebody had to replace him. Somebody had to step in. They didn't cancel the tour. The person who stepped in was Brad Gillis. Do you know the name Brad Gillis? I've heard it, but I can't I can't tie the knot and put Brad, it together. Okay, Brad Gillis was one of two guitarists in Night Ranger. Oh, you love Night Ranger? I do. Night Ranger was just signed at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Brad Gillis is, I mean, this wizard speed monster, and he was picked up by Ozzy Osbourne, and there's a the story of Ozzy in a hotel and Brad playing the, the stuff for him, playing the chords and Ozzy yelling at him, the solo man, do the solo. And he ripped through the solo and, and Ozzy hugging him and saying, please come with us, you know, help us complete this right. tour. Well, he, Brad Gillis, goes on tour. And at the end of it, instead of staying with Ozzy, he leaves and goes back with Night Ranger. Yeah. So this fits what I'm talking about perfectly. perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that gives us Jakey e. Lee for Ozzy Osbourne. That gives us um, Zach Wild. That gives us the guitarists that Ozzy Osbourne shot into the stratosphere. Yeah, but, very cool. But for that time. Also, if you want to hear it, you can get a real good recording of uh, uh, Gillis playing with Ozzy Osbourne. Why? Because of Osbourne's Speak of the Devil live album. Mm-hmm. All of that guitar work is being done by Gillis. And I happen to have a cut for you right here, right now. Right now? Like this very second. Like we're going to hear it? Honest to goodness. Oh, Push do it. this button here. All right. School. Okay, coming into the second break, let me give you a couple here we're not going to be able to play. Okay. Dickie Betts. Yes. Dickie Betts was one of the guitarists in the Allman Brothers band, think Rambling Man. Okay. Right? Well, I don't want to get into it here because it will take a while to talk about. It's, just, a, it's a story. It's a whole show, right? It is. Just think drinking, think egos, think bad statements in the press, things like that. Well, Dickie Betts and Greg Allman had this war going on. And it ended the relationship between the two of them. And Dickie Betts was generally said to be kicked out Mm -hmm. of the Allman Brothers. Go away. 
Well, when he was kicked out, somebody had to step in, and it was Jimmy Herring, formerly of Aquarium Rescue Unit, but where I knew him from was widespread panic. So he stepped in during the tour, did what had to be done. He's a whale of a guitarist. As a matter of fact, you've seen him play. You've seen him live. I'll bet you don't remember. I don't remember where. When, when we went to go see the tribute to Dr. John, Widespread Panic. Yes, I do. Performed three songs. So you have seen Herring play. Yes, I have. I do yes, remember it now. So there you go. That's one that happened. And also, are you familiar at all with Midge Yuri? Midge Yuri. I'll bet you are. No. Uh, let's see if you know any of these bands. Ultravox? No. You don't know Ultravox? I thought you would oh, know that. dummy me. No. Yeah. <laughs> How about Phil Linett? No. Lead singer of Thin Lizzy? Oh, I know that. I know Thin Lizzy, but the name does, it just doesn't ring a bell. How about the song, Do They Know It's Christmas? Yes, uh-huh. He, Yuri, he co-wrote the song okay okay well he was the the brains and such behind ultravox Mm -hmm. and what happened was gary moore departed from thin lizzie and gary moore is a whale of a guitarist yeah and yuri stepped in okay and took over the guitar parts and got to be quite a you know a friend with phil linett what happened was during the second part of the 1980 tour, he, Yuri, switched to keyboards off of guitar and finished off the tour on keyboards when they brought in a couple other guitarists to handle it. At the end of the tour, he goes back to Ultravox, but he continues to write songs with Phil Linett and gives Linett his biggest solo hit called Yellow Pearl. Really? Oh, this guy's something else. What a guy. Yeah. Who's listening to us? we got one more radio station. Oh, yes, we do. We've got KSCL in Shreveport, Louisiana. Fantastic. Just north of us. Back in a minute here on Rock School. out of the break stp stone temple pilots okay yes you know stone temple pilots okay in february of 2013 they fire lead singer scott whelan Mm -hmm. probably had something to do with drugs i'm just guessing a little bit yes just guessing here big fight goes on whelan wants to tour wants to use the name stone temple pilots the DeLeo brothers they fight blah 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 both are able to play the music. It's the DeLeo brothers who hang on to the name Stone Temple Pilots. Well, later that year in May, STP performs with Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. Okay? Okay. He and the band get together and record a single, releasing it on their website called Out of Time. They also put out a five-song EP. All right? 
So he, Bennington, is now the lead singer of STP, having left Linkin Park. Uh huh. Well, it then comes to an end. November of the same year when Bennington announces he's amicably leaving Stone Temple Pilots. Why? I couldn't find out why. Okay. But he's going back to work with uh, Lincoln Lincoln Park Park full Uh time. And then one month later, December 3rd, 2015, Scott Whelan is found passed away on his tour bus around 9 p.m. just before his band, uh, well, it would have been a solo band, but it's actually called The Wildabouts, is about to perform in Minnesota. Yes. very quickly, person comes in, didn't know, I guess, if he was going to stay, but left, goes back to Lincoln Park. So let's play the single that Bennington and STP put together. This is called Out of Time on Rock School. <laughs> Okay, last break. Running out of time. Got to do it quick. All right. right. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Bruce Springsteen, the Wrecking Ball Tour. Mm -hmm. Okay. The guitarist that usually goes with him, Van Zant, was away acting. Sopranos? Well, no. The second season of Lilyhammer. Okay. Okay. He plays a mobster. Aw. No kidding. Really? Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine, the guitarist, he played on two tracks on the Wrecking Ball album, Jack of All Trades and This Depression. So Bruce brought him along to uh, play the Van Zant parts until Van Zant could come back. And so there you are. That nice. one fits perfectly. Yes. And the one we're going to finish on, and this one may be a round peg square hole with me just smashing it in okay, there. Okay, I'll decide that. But... British rock group Queen, ladies and gentlemen, really only consists anymore of Brian May and Roger Taylor. John Deacon has retired, Mm -hmm. and Freddie Mercury is no longer with us. Right. So what the two of them did was get in touch with Paul Rogers, who was the lead singer for The Firm, Bad Company, and a few other things. And he was on his solo sort of section. Now he's doing stuff with Bad Company. But he was doing a sort of solo section of his career. Okay. And they said, hey, why don't we tour as Queen plus Paul Rogers? That's the way it was promoted. Not just Queen, Queen plus Paul Rogers. And he said, okay, I think that's wonderful. And they put out live albums of them doing it. And when it was over, they... Went their separate ways. Exactly that. Does that fit? I think it does. There you are. So we'll finish up. He was a little more famous than a lot of the other people, so he had to have the plus sign in front of his name. I assume. Plus, the Queen also went with a guy from American Idol, I think it was. I can't think of what his name was off the top of my head, but this is the one I remember. Uh, I actually have this album, which is one of the reasons I'm playing the song. So that'll do it. Those are some examples. I'm sure those of you out there who are audiophiles can probably come up with some other ones. So we'll finish up with Queen plus Paul Rogers, Fat Bottom Girls. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. Maybe we're going to go see ACDC. Maybe so. Leave the kids at home. That'll do it. Class is dismissed. <laughs>